Come on, let's give Jesus glory right now. One blood, one race, one salvation. Father, we thank you for your blood. Jesus, we thank you for your blood shed as you stretched out your hands on that tree, God, connecting humanity together, God. You reached and stretched, Lord, so we could be connected. God, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you, Jesus, that you allowed yourself to be torn to pieces so we could be put together. I pray today, even now, you would start in our heart. You would start in our mindset. You would start in our homes. You would start in this house. You would start in these rows and these aisles. You would start in these circles of friends. Father, I thank you, Lord, that no devil in hell, no divide in hell could keep us separated, Lord, that we would celebrate one race and one blood, one salvation. Lord, we need you in these times, in this hour, on this planet. We will continue to fight, not just for one day, but today, God. We thank you for today. We thank you that for such a time as this, you've invited us into the kingdom to do battle on the kingdom's behalf. You said the kingdom has suffered violence, but the violent take it by force. Lord, let us take some things by force in the spirit of God to see reconciliation. Lord, you said you've given us the spirit of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. You've made us ambassadors of the kingdom. You've made us ambassadors of another kingdom, of, of another planet, of another universe. You made us ambassadors of your kingdom come and that we would actually enforce the laws of a different region, the laws of unity, the laws of forgiveness, the laws of humility, the laws of preference, the laws of the least is the greatest, the laws of the last shall be rewarded, the laws that are from a different place. And Lord, you've given us that ministry of reconciliation that we would have the ability by the Spirit of God to reconcile man to man and man to God and God to man. Lord, let us use your Spirit and your Word, work through us to continue to accomplish your work on this planet. And we just cry glory because it's all for your sake and your glory. In Jesus' name, come on, let's give him glory one more time for his glory and his honor. You are an ambassador. Come on, good morning, transformation. That was, I don't know if you were crying, but I, was, I wasn't crying. You were crying. <laughs> what a powerful morning. Look at somebody and say, you're crying. <laughs> Grab your seat if you can. What a great celebration of an amazing man that gave his life, gave his family, sacrificed so many things. His family gave him to a planet that wasn't worthy of him and just to see the unity and the things that we're still fighting for. And so I just want to continue to believe for our church uh, to be such a unified place. It's already a miracle what God's doing here. Um, different backgrounds, different colors, different races, different, different people groups. And so I, I just think that's what the house of God's supposed to look like. That's what heaven's going to look like. Come on, somebody. And we're going to celebrate and we're going to bring a little bit of heaven uh, going to heaven. Um, I just think it's so awesome. And it's not, it's only, we're only getting started, guys. Come on. We're only, it's just begun. And so thank you for being a part. Thank you for, for just championing the cause of what God's given us as a house and a family. So I'm, I'm really excited that the best days are ahead. And uh, how many know it's going to be a crazy uh, next year all, leading all the way up to these elections? And so there's going to be more divide, more chaos, more disunity, and we have to be unified. Come on. Come on. How many of you know that Jesus is not a Republican? Come on. Come on. Jesus is not a Democrat. Come on. He, he's, he came on God for God's kingdom come and God's will be done. And, and I just think that we've got to get our perspective and focus back to the right thing and uh, make sure that we're, we're lifting up Jesus in the middle of all uh, of the things that are coming our way. And so 
Let's start with unity here. Last year, Dr. Tony Evans gave an amazing message, or three years ago, um, right at the last election. And uh, if you don't know Dr. Tony Evans, he pastors a church uh, in Dallas, a a predominantly African-American church. And uh, he had a message about unity that came out after the last election that was probably one of the greatest messages. He's an amazing teacher and um, just able to break it down uh, biblically, very doctrinally sound. And so if you get a chance, find that message from Dr. Tony Evans um, from, from the election, previous election. And then I think it could give us some good guiding um, understanding going into this next uh, season of elections and all that. Everybody say, help me, Jesus. Uh, We're in a series called What the Health? And um, looking at just having our souls be healthy uh, in 2020, I think it's important to have a healthy soul. And I believe that as your soul prospers, we looked at the soul last week and talked about the souls made up of three things, mind, will, and emotions. That's the way you think, act, and feel. And if you can be prosperous in your mind, will, and emotions, prosperous in the way you think, act, and feel, your, your journey will be prosperous. Uh, John says it. He's writing to a guy named Gaius in uh, 3 John. We're going to look at that verse. Um, but he's, he's, just, he's just saying that there's a, not a disconnect from your natural life, from your day-to-day living, and your soul life, and um, that we need to prosper. Last week, we looked at prosperity of our mind, of our thinking, and that it actually drives our behavior. Beliefs drive behavior. Many of you are trying to get to your behavior, but you've never addressed your beliefs. And so if you can actually begin to look at what the Bible says and and rearrange your belief systems, you'll begin to act different. Many of us go by our emotions. We let the emotions of our life drive us when God never intended for our emotions to drive us. Next week, we're going to look at emotional health, emotional prosperity. I think it'll be great. Who who could use an emotional check every now and then? Come on. We all should have our hand up because we're human. If you're part of the human race, come on. Emotions are a real thing. And so um, they're a good thing. God is a very emotional God. God is an emotional God. We don't stuff emotions. We don't hide emotions. We don't deny emotions. Um, but we don't let emotions run us. We don't let emotions drive our decisions. Uh, because how many of you know, we had killed some people on the way to church in traffic, somebody, if you did. Um, and so we're going to look at that next week. This week, we're going to look at our action, our will, our behavior. And uh, what does that look like in context of the verse here? So 3 John 2 through 4, it says this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. That's all things. Come on. I don't know why it's so hard for Christians to believe that God wants us to prosper. Does that mean it's going to be easy? Does that mean he wants us all, well, you know, richer, rich and wealthy and no struck? No, 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 no. Prosper, like just be in health, have a good journey, a good road. Prosper in all things and be in health. He wants our bodies physically to prosper just as your soul prospers. How many of you know that doctors have even proven that when there's unhealthy souls or worry and anxiety and fear, it actually makes your body sick, right? Many diseases can be traced to unhealthy soul, unhealthy worry, all those kind of things. So he's actually saying, I want your soul to prosper the way you think, act, and feel, and it will affect every other area of your life. He says this then, just as, he says, for I rejoice, verse three, rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, it's in you. Just as you walk in the truth, it's not only in you, you're getting it out of you. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Title for today is this, simple, walk it out, walk it out, walk it out. Look at somebody and say, walk it out. Look at three people and say, walk it out. I was going to give it a title, walk this way, but I thought that that was a little cheesy. And so it's walk it out. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your spirit and your power. 
Thank you that you've given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you that you said your word would not return void. Help me to make it simple today. Speak through me and uh, let your word accomplish what it's called to accomplish. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, walk it out. It says that, that he had truth. It was in him that John celebrated that his friend had truth in him and that he greatly rejoiced that he walked in truth, um, that he walked it out. Uh, I've been married now, my wife and I, lovely wife on the front row here. Come on, give it up for my wife, Sandra Cheryl. She is an amazing, amazing mom, wife, friend, woman, and um, I've got the privilege of being her husband for 18 years now. We're going on 19 years. It'll be 19 years. And I know I don't look that old. Come on, somebody. I've I'm, I'm, I'm got this uh, reverse aging thing going on. Praise Jesus. And... Um, uh, but 19 years, and um, we are going uh, February the 10th will be 19 years of marriage. And uh, I like to shop for my wife. I like to buy things. I like to shop for clothes and outfits. I don't, listen, I don't wear clothes. I wear outfits, so I don't know about y'all. Um, but I take it serious to, to pick outfits. Come on, I worked hard today. Somebody said, you look like a Backstreet Boy. I'm like, thank you very much. It's, and, uh, and, and, so, and, and so I'm fine with that. I'm looking young. I'm trying to look young. And uh, and uh, so my wife bought me this uh, champion sweatshirt, but I, I shop for her. Come on, it is sexy when a husband or a guy can pick out an outfit for his wife and say, hey, I got the outfit picked out, I got the reservations made, I got the trip set, right? Come on, somebody, I'm giving y'all some tips, guys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't guess on sizes. We have discreet conversations about that. And uh, I worked that out. And so um, I shop. I also love to shop for shoes. I love shoes. I like shoes. I, there's a store called Marty and Liz over on Kingston Pike. Come on, any Marty and Liz people. You don't ever plan on going there. You just end up there, right? If you love shoes, you know what I'm talking about. Like somehow it's just on my route everywhere I go. Going to my, my where are you? Marty and Liz. It's like these deals on shoes, like cool name brand, different shoes. And you have to look and find. You find a good deal on shoes. I love that. I was there several years ago finding and shopping for a pair of shoes for my wife. She wanted a pair of boots. I was like, man. I'm going to buy my wife a pair of boots. And so I'll be there when I'm looking for me. I'm not selfish, so I'll look for her as well. <laughs> and, uh, and, so, and so I'm looking for a little pair of shoes, a little pair of boots for her, walking and perusing the aisle eight, the, the, the aisle with size eights. And um, as I'm, is that okay for me to tell, tell size eight? She's got, that's, that's pretty cute feet, size eights. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm perusing the size eight aisle. And uh, as, I'm, as I'm walking down, there's three ladies, three friends in that aisle. And they, they look at me with this, this, with this like awe and disgust, like, or, or like, like intrigue. They're like in, in shock. And they're looking at me funny. And I'm like, and I think, why are you treating me weird? Why are you looking at me weird? And I think it was because they were, you know, surprised. Like, I think they thought I was buying shoes for myself <laughs> at first, you know. And so I just went with it. I'm like, I like pumps, you know. <laughs> I just messed with them a little bit. And uh, I was like, you know. It's all right, you know, and, and, they're, and they're looking at me like, I'm just kidding. I'm like, I'm shopping for my wife, picking some boots out for my wife. And, uh, and they looked at me and they're like, and one lady, one little friend chimed up. She's like, she's like, oh, honey, don't even try it. It's like, I'm offended right now, man. It's like, you don't know me. You don't, you don't know. It's like, I, I was like, girl, you can't hold, I know my, I've been married for at that time, 15 years. I've known my wife for 15 years. You don't think I can pick out some boots for her? You don't think, girl, this is nothing but cowhide with some, with some string. It's just nothing but a football. I got this. 
cowhide held together with string. I can do this, woman. I was like, I am I, offended. I, she looked at me. I told her, I was like, I, got, I know my wife. I know my wife's flavor. I know my wife's style. I know my wife's wants. I know her likes. I know her dislikes. Therefore, since I know her ways, I can actually serve her will. What the truth is saying to us, what the word is saying to us is when you actually know the truth and you study God and you know God and you learn God and you know his ways, you get to know Jesus, you get into the word. Now, all of a sudden, you know his likes, you know his flavor, you know his feel, you know his dislikes, you know his dream, you know his heart, you know his mercy, you know his power, you know his grace. Now you can actually serve his will with your actions. But if you never learn his ways, if you never take time to get into his word and understand his ways, you'll never be able to follow his will. Write this down. We have to find God's ways in order to follow God's will. There's a weird verse in the Bible in the Old Testament that says that Israel knew God's acts, what he did, but Moses knew God's ways, why he did what he did. And God's challenging us in this 2020 to have a healthy soul. It's going to take actually knowing God's ways, knowing his likes and dislikes, meeting with him and talking through his word and understanding him intellectually. But it can't just stop intellectually. We understand him with our mind, not just to know him with our mind, not a mental ascent into understanding, but in order to get what's in us out of us so we can serve him with our ways. We We can actually walk it out. It's not enough just to figure it out. Many of us love to figure it out. Come on, figure it out, figure it out. And it's a mental exercise. But God says, I don't want you just to figure it out. I actually want you to walk it out. Those ladies began to ridicule me and say, you can't do this. You ain't got this. You don't know how to shop for your wife. You don't, they ridicule. Listen, people are going to ridicule you and tell you, you can't serve God. You can't walk it. You can't even know God. You can't know his ways. Your own conscience is going to ridicule you. You're not good enough. You don't have what it takes. You don't know how to walk out God's ways. Your own team members are going to criticize you. Christians are going to use verses against you like his ways are higher than our ways. How can we know them? Well, that's Old Testament, New Testament you've got the mind of God you can think like God you can know his ways that's the beauty of Jesus in the Old Testament we didn't know his ways. they were higher they were higher than our ways his thoughts were higher but now he says I've actually given you the mind of Christ I've actually given you the Holy Spirit I've actually given you my word and, and, a, and not, just, not just my word, not just a map, but an actual guide to take you through the map and explain every twist and every turn and every traverse and every canyon and every crevice. He's given us the Holy Spirit so that we can know his ways, not just to know his ways, so that we can be bold and begin to walk it out this year. Y'all with me? It's not enough if you know it, but don't walk it. Come on, there's so many things I think for us We're called to walk this year, and I don't know what God's telling you your next step is. We all have different places in our journey, but every one of us has a next step in God. Every one of us has a next place to walk out, whatever that might be for you. Here's the sermon in one sentence. If you want your soul to prosper this year, read your Bible and walk it out. That's deep right there. Read your Bible and walk it out. Not just read it. Come on. Satan reads the Bible more than you do and understands it, knows it more than you. Satan reads the Bible. Satan knows the word, right? But, but we're called to actually read it, understand it, and then actually serve God's will 
with our strength. And in order to know him, I talked about it last week some, but the Bible, the truth, the word of God, that is our truth. I, I know it's not popular, but the reality is the Bible is the word of God. It's the standard for all truth. And we live in a culture in a day and age that everybody's like, I just want to live my truth, right? Come on, I know that means be authentic to who you are and be real and all that, but you, just because it's your truth doesn't mean it's the truth. And, and, and this might be offensive, and I'm going to probably be an equal opportunity offender today. But I'm not here to offend you, but, but I'm here to please Jesus, not you, right? And so, and so the reality is, like, like, the truth is the word of God. Like, it's not a philosophy. There's philosophy in it, but, but it's not a philosophy. It's a book that's not just a book of principles. It's principled, but it's not just principles. It's a person. It's not, it's not just a self-help. There's help in it. It's not a how-to. There's how-to in it, but it's more than that. It's a living love letter that's designed to impart divinity into your DNA, and many of you live as if it's a rule book. Come on. It's the only place you get truth from. You don't get truth from your experiences. You don't get truth from your situations and circumstances. You don't get truth from the Grammys, from the Emmys, from the Hemis or, the, or whatever. You don't get truth. You don't get truth from, from your own mindsets. It's just you don't get truth from your emotions. You don't get truth from Hollywood or, or, or politics or Fox News or CNBN, CNMM, NNMM. You don't get truth from those. There's one truth. It's the word of God. It's the standard of truth. We have to get into it and begin to understand that this is the truth that God wants me to receive. Because the only way you can understand and serve his will is to know his ways that comes from his book. That's it. Let me prove it to you. It's a living love letter, not a rule book. Second Peter 2 through 4 says this. Grace and peace. Look at this. It's so important. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. How's it multiplied to you? In knowing him. I want, who wants grace and peace multiplied this year? Come on, I want grace and peace multiplied in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power is given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Well, I just can't quit doing this. I just can't. No, wait a minute. No, you can't. You got all things that have to do with life and godliness. Because his divine power is given to you. Through the knowledge of him. How did you get this, this power of life and godliness? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. By which, by, by which have been given to us, listen, exceedingly great and precious promises. That's the word of God. That's the promises of his word that he's given us these great promises by knowing him through glory and virtue. That through these promises, through the word, you may be partakers of divine nature. Actually, God's DNA is, is infused into you somehow as you take into the word, as you understand his ways, and then having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Saying that as you begin to understand God, not only does the word give you his truth, not only do you get truth, you also get the power of the spirit through Christ to not just understand the truth, but to walk the truth out daily and escape the corruption of lust that's in the world. Come on, you know the world's pulling on us. And it says that we actually are able to partake and walk and serve with our actions, with the power of God. We can actually, come on, 19 years, somebody, how many know that's not easy? For her. I just saved it. 19 years. I mean, day in and day out, ups and downs, pains, tears, hurts, wins, losses, 
kids, uh, dreams, lost dreams, uh, on and on and on. You know what he, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like serving God is the same, day in and day out, walking it out, walking it out, walking it out through hurts and ups and downs and tears and wins and losses and valleys and peaks. And it's just, it's, listen, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's simple, simple, but not easy. It's simple. Let's read the Bible and do it. Like you, that's, that's, like, yeah, well, I mean, that's all, that's what I got for you today. Like, Pastor, that's all you got for me today? <laughs> like, great. Like, read the Bible and do it. It's not easy, though. Here, here, let me prove to you why it's not easy. Look at Mark 12, 30. It says this, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Listen, that. look, with all your understanding, getting your mind, getting your beliefs right, with all your mind. And then what's the next thing he says after your mind? And with all your strength. He wouldn't say with all your strength if it was going to be easy. We wouldn't need strength to love him if it was going to be easy. We wouldn't need strength to serve him if it was going to be a walk in the park. We wouldn't need strength if it was just going to be this this easy ride, right? Come on, it's simple, but it takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of effort to be a follower of God. It takes a day in and day out effort. One guy said to me at our prayer and fasting the other morning, he's been coming here for about three months. He said, man, some word hit and we were worshiping. He goes, he goes, man, he goes... This place, he goes, man, this place, I just, I love it. He goes, this place, it just, it's just killing me. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's a great divine death, isn't it? He said, yeah. You, you know, there's no resurrection without a divine death. This place isn't meant just to, to just, just put life into us. It is, but there's got to be a death before there's resurrection. There's got to be the Holy Spirit saying, you know, there's going to be some things that aren't easy, that, that, that are going to take some strength to allow the Holy Spirit to kill so some other things can come to life. There's some things that God wants to actually kill in a divine way this year so that resurrection can come in a new way this year for your soul. And I don't know what that might be for you, but I think to love him with our strength means it's not going to be just simple. It's not going to be simple. It's not going to be easy. My wife and I went on a little getaway several years ago and she loves to ride bikes and I don't and uh, she'd been praying and begging and asking to ride bikes I was like man once I got my driver's license I quit riding bikes and quit running walking you know I don't I don't like to walk or ride bikes and so I'm trying to if I'm gonna walk I'd rather get some exercise I'm gonna run I don't you know and so anyway she wanted to ride bikes for years we had on this little getaway and they had bikes there and it was great we're gonna ride together and so they're telling us all about the bikes and there's these old bikes big handlebars and all that and I'm a kind of a heavy guy at the time and there's these other bikes called the chronos bike anybody heard of a chronos bike it's actually a motorized bike that goes about 25 miles an hour (laughs) like my god in heaven we have we've arrived this is awesome and and I told her, I was like, babe, they got the Kronos bikes. Like, you know, it's got, it goes 25 miles an hour. It's going to be awesome. And then you can ride, they got multiple ones. We can ride them. Like, ah, yeah. And we get out there and we start riding them. And she's on this thing. And, and she was a little, little, you know, she's old school. Like, she's like, I want my bike. I want my bell. Like, ring, ring. You know, I want that. <laughs> and, I, and, and we're riding it. And like, and, and she's, oh, and she, it was too heavy. It's kind of clunky, a bigger frame bike. And she can't, and she's like, I don't like it. I'm like, babe, it's not, and she's like, I don't like it. I'm like, well, let's go back and get you a different bike. So we go back and we get her the one that is the other one. And we're riding again. And I turn around and we're on the, she's like, I don't, I just want to ride bikes. I turn around and she's crying on the trail. I love you, babe. I didn't ask permission to tell this, but, but she's crying. And I stop. I'm like, uh, come on guys. Right. I'm like, uh, uh. This is a real pivotal moment if we want the rest of the vacation to go well. There's no kids. Come on, it's date night, mate night. Come on, somebody. 
<laughs> and, and I'm like, uh, what's, and, and then she's like, she starts, I thought we were going to ride bikes. I wanted to ride bikes. And you're on this. I'm like, we're riding bikes. I'm like, she's crying. I'm having a blast. I'm like, this is awesome. And she, and this just emotion of it. And, like, and we see if we've tried it, we work it. It's tough. We worked it out. And I'm like, I'll put it in pedal mode. She's like, I don't want it in pedal mode for you. I want you to suffer with me. And I'm like, I just want me to suffer. She's like, I want to ride bikes. And with this connection and that's all this, all the emotions of it. And so I've, it took me about six hours to figure it out and get it right. Come on, man. Uh, but we salvaged it. And it was a lot of repentance and prayer and sorries and all that. And, and I'm just like, okay, we'll ride. And she let me stay on the Kronos bike. Thank you, baby. But I turned off the engine and all that. And so, so we're, but we're, we're bonded and all that. I wanted this convenient ride. Come on, listen to me. How many you know that serving God and coming into his house and taking the next step this year is not always going to be something that you can just turn the motor on and conveniently power through? There's going to be some things you got to pedal out this year. You got to walk out. You got to put some sweat and some effort and some, some tears and some work into the steps that God's wanting you to take in obedience this year. I think it's important that we just don't live conveniently for the things of God. It's going to take some steps of obedience. It's going to take some steps to get in relationship, to get into connect groups. we got connect groups in the lobby. It's going to take some steps to get on teams, to figure out your design, to actually become a, a, a part of the family of God here. It's just, it's not going to be easy. And I think we've done a, a disservice sometimes of letting the church just... Our, just in general, like people just think, oh, it's just easy. Just come and, and feed me and let me just eat the word and just preach to me, pastor, and let me get it. And it's just, that's not what God intends for this. Let me give you four ways that we walk it out here. And you're going to hear these often. You've heard them a lot and it's not anything new, but I just think when we're talking about walking it out, I think your life will change this year if you'll walk these things out. Number one, experience God. It's our mission. There's four things on the wall. It's our four-part mission statement. Number one is experience God. It's on the wall in the lobby outside in the hallway. There's four, four pictures. I was pointing that wall. Everybody's looking over there. It's out in the lobby on the wall. <laughs> I saw a couple people look. I'm like, oh, let me explain that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and these things, number one, experience God. Us coming together and believing that God actually manifests in this environment as we gather around the word of God, around Jesus, around worship. His miracles show up and power moves and God heals and we do this together as a family. And I'm asking you this year, if you'll actually prioritize, prioritize to make this a consistent part of your life, not a twice a month, not a once, a consistent part of your life. Like put a priority on the gathering of God's people. I think, I think, listen, I believe not just because we want to grow our church. I believe there's prosperity and health in your soul when this happens. That God begins to do some things. Matthew 16 says that Jesus says, I've come to build my church. Listen, he didn't say I've come to build your individual life. Now, now he will build your individual life, but it's a byproduct of building the house, building the kingdom, building his church. He said this in Ephesians 2, 6. Paul says, this is an amazing verse, and raised us up, how? Together. It's not on the screen, obviously. <laughs> raised us up together and made us what? Sit together. Jesus says, Paul says, the Holy Spirit has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Listen to that. Together, I've always quoted that like, hey, he's raised you up to sit in heavenly places. He's raised you up. He's raised me up to sit in heaven. He's raised me up. And I've, I've kind of even quoted it in the context of me individually. But the verse says he's actually raised us up together. We're called to be a church that's raised up together, that's passionate together, that's powerful together, right? Some of y'all have Burger King Church, church my way. 
It's like everybody's clapping. I ain't clapping. Everybody's standing. I ain't standing. Everybody's singing. I'm not singing. Everybody's putting their hands. I'm not putting my hands up. Everybody, you know, it's like church my way. And, and, and we're not called to be Burger King church. We're called to be together church, right? Come on, we're, we're, there's a passion and an energy. And I think as we walk it out together, the church cannot be stopped, everybody. Come on, what if we treated church like, what if we treated our neighborhoods like we treat church? Think about this. So, so what, if, what, if it, what if in our neighborhoods we were like, you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm so grown. One house can't contain me. I'm going I'm to I'm eat food in this house. I'm going to get dressed in this house. I'm going I'm I'm to sleep in this house. I'm going to use the loo in this house. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to swing on the back porch on this house. I'm going I'm to sit on the front porch in this house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hang out in this. I'm going to watch TV in this house. I'm going to wear those clothes. You know what they call that? Breaking and entering. But how often do we treat church that way? Like, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to get some here, and I like this preaching here, and I like that worship there. And I'm like, God said for you to walk it out, not go in and out. This is a year to walk it out. Walk it, not go in and out, not just be disconnected. I'm saying, I promise you, if you'll sit down, if you'll get your feet planted, if you'll plug in and say, I'm going to use my strength to make a priority in the things in the house of God, your soul this year is going to prosper like never before. Number two, you're called to find freedom. I believe that we're called to find freedom as a people. What does that look like? I believe Jesus died to set us free. What does that look like? It looks like being in relationships. I promise you, you will never see the amount of freedom that you can have until you get into godly relationships, consistent godly relationships. And how we do that here is through connect groups. You've seen them in the lobby. We, we don't just do that because we think it's a cool churchy thing to do and we want to hang stuff from the ceiling that says, you know, connect. That's not why we do it. I really believe that your soul and my soul will find more freedom this year than ever before if we connect in smaller communities and we have people that we can open up to and be real with. Many of our problems and your problems and the things you're asking God to do will happen in the context of relationship. I think that's where freedom is. In the very beginning of the Bible, God said to Adam, it is not good for you to be alone. What's alone? A-L-O-N-E. All one. It's not good for mankind to be all one. It's not good for me to be all one. And I think it's easy for us as humans in our day and age, it's so busy, so stressful, so, so, so much demanded of us to not really open up and build relationships. I, uh, I was telling the story at prayer the other day. I've got several new neighbors that moved into our neighborhood, and I've got one that lives up on a hill that overlooks my backyard, another one that lives right next to me, and I've got about a half an acre field in my backyard. It's an awesome flat field. It's woods all around, and then this flat open field with zoysia grass because the guy that owned the house before me liked golf and his kids played baseball, so he cleared this field. It's amazing. Well, this neighbor that lives up on the hill, he, he has a backyard that's all hill, and then the neighbor told me that he left all the trees and shrubs and everything around so no one can see into the field and no one had messed with it. Well, this neighbor bought a, new, bought a house and he's decided he started clearing his whole backyard and getting all the shrubbery and all the bushes out. And so everybody, he can see all into my backyard and I can see his house. I started telling my wife, I was like, he's clearing. I don't want to see his house. Like, I'm surprised. I don't want to see that. And then I'm like, this is, and then he's driving his tractor down on my grass and he's doing some stuff and clearing out. And he's in my yard and I'm like, baby, he's in my, he's in the field. He's in his, he's in his tractor. He's got like one of, you know, one of those John Deere, uh, a big zero turn tractor. And I'm like, he's on my grass, babe. What's going on? I'm watching him out the window of the kitchen. I'm like, what's up? I'm going, I'm talking. I'm like, I'm talking to him right now. Come on. <laughs> I swelled up a little bit.
I, wa- I, walked, I walked down. The- I'm like, what's going on, sir? What's your name? What's your name? Sir, nice to meet you, Jamie. I'm your neighbor. Nice to meet you. You're, you're, what are you clearing it out? Clearing it out, huh? I was like, uh, you drive, you drive in the truck. What are you doing? I was, you got, some, I had, are you dumping some stuff? You dumping on my? This is my yard. I don't, uh, I don't. I'm not sure what the property line is. You know, is, come on, be honest to God. This is me, right? It's not right. Not right. It's a bad day, right? I'm like, I'm not sure the property line. Uh, and, and you know, he's like, no, I'm not. He's like, we're just clearing out. I'm like, okay, good. Just, just welcome to the neighborhood. Go back up, talk to my wife, like, baby's on our yard. Like, I don't know what's going on. And then she goes, well, actually, his property line goes about two feet into our yard. But, but and I'm like, and I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the line. I'm like, it does. <laughs> I'm like, what do you think he's doing? Because his yard's like that. She's like, well, he's got a little kid. Maybe he's putting a swing down on the flat area. I'm like, he's going to put a swing on the lo- property line? His kid's going to be swinging him. My- I'm going to put a fence right where the swing <laughs> It's the fence every time. Don't judge me. <laughs> my wife's like, it's such a good field for young kids to play in. And our kids, I was like, I don't want him in my yard. <laughs> I'm out in the backyard the other day, and this new neighbor that moved in, he's to the left of us. And if you're looking at my, at my house, he's right to the right. But from the, from the field, he's right on the left. And we went, and we did the thing. And we took cupcakes, and I took cupcakes. And my wife bought them. And then he wasn't there. It was the painter because they hadn't moved in yet. So I wasn't going to give the payment of the cupcakes. So I took the cupcakes home and froze them. But then I can't give him the frozen cupcakes because you don't give people frozen cupcakes after they've moved into the neighborhood. And there's a time frame on the freezer burning. So I didn't know if I could do that. <laughs> So I went back over to his house, and uh, we got Christmas cookies, ham and goody lemon cookies, and I took them over, but they weren't there. Their 30-year-old son came from the basement at noon asleep. I gave him those cookies, and he told me about who the family was, and I was like, meet, I was hearing that. And then I'm down in the field the other day after we did that, and the guy is in his backyard, and he yells at me. He's like, hey, buddy, what's going on? Through the woods. I'm like, hey, I'm chipping golf balls. I'm just hitting some golf balls down there, minding my business in my yard, in my field. What's going on? I'm like, hey, because is this the best place to hit golf balls around here? It's like, ah, it's my backyard. It's my field. He's like, oh, I'm Brian. I'm like, I'm Jamie. We took the ham and goodies. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, next door. Yeah, woo, yeah. Awesome. Hit golf balls. He's like, hey, small talk. He's like, hey, you mind if I hit some balls in your yard when you're not there? I'm like, oh, no problem. Good, sure. What are you going to say? I go up to my wife, I'm like, he's going to hit, is he, he could be a pervert. I don't know, he's going to look in our, he can see, he can look in our backyard now. He's in our, he's in our home. Come on, what are we doing? She's like, calm down, babe. I'm like, you're right. It's okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I, I've got some scars because a year ago, a realtor in our neighborhood listed my backyard as a public playground for the, for the neighborhood and was selling homes on his flyers, and I had to call him and get him on the phone and say, hey, uh, I'd love to invite people to my house, but please don't advertise it publicly to the world that you're welcome in my field. And how often do we in our mindsets live that way as a church and as people? And we're all laughing because we think that way a lot, and I'm being real vulnerable and open, and those were bad days. Come on, now I love my neighbor, and we talked, and we're going to be friends, and he's going to come to church, and I believe that with all my heart. But hear me, what if we actually advertised to the world that this was an open field, that anyone's welcome, and you can come into our property anytime you want and be a part? My home's open. My family's open. Hear hear me what it's going to take. That We're going to have to give up some power, which is our rights. We're going to have to give up some privacy, some preferences. We're going to have to give up some performances. Here's the cupcakes. Don't want to talk to you. Have a great Christmas. 
We're going to have to give up some bull, some performances, right? Like, like we're going to have to be real Christians and decide, like, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be convenient to connect. And I think that connect groups are the way. And I know you don't want to leave your home. And I know you don't want to travel. I know it's kind of awkward going to someone's house that you don't know well. And you're going to meet some people in the lobby. And there's going to be some weird conversations. And you're going to be like, ah, ah, nice to meet you. And oh, when is it? And it's Tuesday night and 630. And there's something for you out there. And I believe that maybe your next step in God this year that's going to take some effort is going to be actually taking a step to join a group. Or maybe it's taking a step on the third one, and that's just discovering your purpose. We have something called Next Steps. Many of you have been to it. Many of you haven't. Next Steps is a a class. It's a two-hour class on the first Sunday of every month where we come together and you take a leadership test and you figure out how God made you and you discover your purpose. Let Let me say this to you. People need what God has inside of you. And many of you lead in the community and you lead at businesses and you lead at schools and you lead coaching and you lead other areas and you think that you can't lead in this context. I'm here to tell you, God's put something inside of you to lead in this context. And there's all types of things in you that God wants to use for you to lead. And many of you have been talked into like, uh, I can't do anything for God. That's not true. The very way God made you and designed you is meant to be used for his kingdom and glory first and foremost. And so I, I want to just dispel that lie that we, we need your leadership and your gift and you need to figure out how you were designed because many of you are trying to do things that are heavy on your life because it wasn't what you were designed to do. Come on, do you know the scripture in, in Matthew, I think it's 12 verse 30, where Jesus says, come to me, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know the word burden there means bill of laden. Bill, his bill of laden is light. What does that mean? Bill of laden is the invoice of a ship. It actually had the context of the invoice or the bill of laden of a ship, whatever the cargo the ship was carrying. God's saying that the invoice, the thing he's called you to carry is light. God's internal voice to you, the invoice of God to you is light. But it's heavy when you try to carry his voice that was to someone else. It's heavy when you try to carry his call that was on someone else. And so it's so important for you to figure out your design because if you don't take time to really figure out your gifts and designs, then you're always going to have this heavy load on your shoulder trying to figure out what God wants you to do. And so I think maybe the next step for you is just simply saying, okay, I'm going to go to next steps and figure out how I was designed. There's too much in you to take to the grave. There's way too much in you to take to the grave. I got a couple more thoughts I'm going to close today. I went to the airport years ago. Remember after 9-11, all the different confiscations they were doing? And they, they displayed it, like right when you went to the security to scare everybody. Remember that? And you'd go in. I remember going into it one time, and there's this plexiglass in this bin. And I'm looking one time, and there's like, there's guns and knives. And there's like, I'm like, really? Did they get that? And then one time, there's a blowtorch. One time I saw a blowtorch. I'm like, there's a blowtorch. A double-edged axe, a double-sided axe, swords. I mean, I saw, I'm like, you thought you could get a blowtorch in here? What were you thinking? I wish I'd have been there. God, I'd love to have seen that, right? How did you hide it? I I think a lot of you are going to go to heaven, and you're going to go through the gates of heaven, and God's going to say, you thought you could get that in here? Like you tried, I meant for you to use that. I meant for you to give that for my glory. I meant for you to figure out how to, how to use that design. And you thought you could bring it to the gates of heaven. No, you were meant to use it on the planet. I mean, there's going to be a holy pat down going into heaven, guys. And, 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 and they're going to say, man, you can't bring, you weren't supposed to bring that in. 
You're supposed to use that and sweat that out and walk that out and serve that out and give that out. And I think in our culture of consuming sometimes, we just don't discover how God designed us and we carry burdens that we weren't meant to carry instead of giving out what we were called to give out. And that's the next practical next step is just be the church. It's the fourth part of our vision, our mission, be the church. What is that? Very simply, our serve teams. We have media teams. We have graphics teams. We have worship teams. We have, many of you know, can sing and you have trained in instruments. Many of you are good with technology. We have host teams and smile teams and cafe teams and, and hype teams and fun teams and prayer teams and, and event teams. And, so, and many of you have been coming here for years and we say, get on a team. You're like, let me pray about it. And you're using prayer as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to disobey and disengage. We have 10 days of prayer and fasting. Like, we're going to pray and fast. Let me pray about it. I'm like, you're going to pray about praying? <laughs> can, I, can I be real with you today? Because I'm here, I'm here to, to just tell you my heart. I'm not trying to, I'm talking to myself too. Like many times we're going to, and just what team do you need? What step do you need to take? What, what do you need to walk out? You've been coming for, some of you been, if you're a guest, come on, listen, I love you. This is, maybe next week, you're family. So I'll talk to you next week. But, but this, listen, if you've been coming for a long time and you've been praying about how to, these are just steps to walk out in 2020. And here's what's so beautiful. God will do some things in your soul that you didn't even know related to these things I'm talking about. In Luke chapter 17, I close with this thought. In Luke 17, Jesus is speaking and he's telling us a story about these lepers that came to him. It says this in verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Jesus is passing through. He's not going anywhere specific. He's passing through. He's going to Jerusalem, but he's not going where he is at this moment. Then as he entered a certain village, there he met him 10 who were lepers. Lepers was this, this horrific disease where there was open sores and wounds and gnats and flies and infestation in their body. And they actually were confined to certain colonies and couldn't live amongst people. And they had to shout out in a loud voice, unclean, 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 wherever they went. So people would get away from them and wouldn't touch them. Everyone was scared to touch them. Come on. How many, how many people are scared of the church because we've been scared to interact? So they had to shout unclean, unclean, unclean. So they stayed away. And, and it even, the disease even would actually kill your nerve ending so you couldn't feel if your body was rotting off. And so actually body parts would fall off of you just randomly. And so these 10 men decided to come out of the colony to walk it out. They come to this area where Jesus is and Jesus isn't even looking for him. It says he's passing through. And then when they saw Jesus as he entered the village, he, they stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, so he didn't see them at first. So when he saw them, when, they, when he heard their cry, when he looked and saw them, he said to them, go, show yourselves to the priest. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. Here's these, these 10 men that have a mess in their life, have gnats and disease and body parts falling off of them. Jesus isn't even looking for him. Come on, what do you do when you feel like your life's falling apart and Jesus isn't even looking your way? I know we're all built certain ways. We all have reservations and certain social norms, but these men just began to scream out, Jesus. Come on, is there ever a moment when you just decide, enough's enough. God, I gotta take a step. I gotta walk something out new this year, God. 
Come on, blind Bartimaeus shouted to Jesus and they tried to quiet him. They said, shh, 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 shut up. The Bible says he cried all the louder. Son of David. Come on, when's your faith kick in? You say, you know what? Come on, God. I know you're reserved. I know you like to jump up and down, put your hands up or meet strangers or get into connect groups. But when is it time to say, God, I need a healthy soul this year? Sometimes we hide our mess and we got gnats and bugs and flies and body parts. Jesus, I've been looking for you and things have fallen off my life as I've looked for you over these years. But I'm not hiding my mess from you, God. Jesus, I need you. And Jesus loves it when we cry to him that way and put our faith in action. And he stops and he sees them. Come on, some of you are so scared of your mess and you're hiding your mess, but he wants to see you in your mess. And they cry out. And this is what he says. This is what I want you to get. He says, Go show yourself to the priest. What he, he didn't even address the leprosy. He didn't spit on them. He didn't make mud. He didn't put anything on their skin. He didn't even, he even ignored it. It's like he said something that didn't even make sense to the situation they were facing. Like it didn't even make sense. You're crying out to God going, God, I need you to do something. And he's telling you something this year to step out on, to walk out on, to do. And it doesn't even make sense to your situation. And you're going, well, that doesn't make sense. And that's not what I needed. And I don't get that. And you're going through all the details. And they said, and he said, and I lost my business. And this body part fell off. And this is undone. And I don't know what to do, God. And this, and, I, and God's going, shh, just obey. Faith doesn't demand details. It demands obedience. Just do it. Well, I don't know what a connect group has to do with my marriage. Just do it. I don't know what a serve team or getting on a camera has to do with my finances. Just do it. I don't know what, God, I know. Listen, I get it. Sometimes it's easier to figure out than it is to walk it out. It's like yoga. You can explain yoga to me all day long, but I just don't bend that way. My body don't bend like that. And there's some things God's telling you and you go, I get it, God. I understand I'm supposed to do these things. And the pastor's saying it and I get forgiveness and I get, you know, giving generously and I get tithing, but my budget just don't bend that way. God's saying, you know what? When you step out in faith and you actually begin to walk it out, look at the Bible. It says that when they began to go, when they began to walk it out, when they began to step it out, they were made whole. They weren't made whole. They weren't healed until they began to walk it out. That there's some things in your life that you're just going to do this year that don't make any sense to what you're facing. And God's actually going to chase you down with a miracle. Hear me. If you'll walk it out, God will will it out. You're saying, God, I want you to will some things in my life. Miracles, I'm telling you, miracles will chase down your soul if you'll actually take steps of obedience. Just do it. Just act on it. Walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. Take a step. Take action. And then all of a sudden, God's going to chase you down. And the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Where are they coming from? From behind you. Because you're walking it out. Come on, stand to your feet with me. I think God's going to do some things in our soul today you're like I, that doesn't even make sense doesn't have anything to do with what I'm, what I'm facing I know God said do this just do it quit arguing quit, quit trying to demand details quit, quit going through dissertations and dialogues and just do it just walk it out I don't know what it is for you you know what it is for you and I think today I'm asking God to give you strength. All of us would serve him with our mind and with our strength. And I'm praying the Holy Spirit give you strength to walk out the steps you need to walk out. Hopefully it's walk out of here and sign up for a connect group today. Get on a team. Figure out your design. Make this a priority. Get on a team. And make, let's make church happen for people, not just come and 
go in and out. Let's walk it out. Come on, let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. I pray that whatever you meant to fall to the side would fall to the side and whatever you meant to penetrate our heart would penetrate our heart. If you're in this place, no one looking around, if you need strength to take a next step, if you need strength to keep walking it out, to not sit down, if you know that God has spoken to you in an area this year, 2020, that your soul needs to do to prosper, and today you realize, wow, I didn't know that was connected to what, what my situation was, but I know now God's saying, this is actually going to affect my soul, and I need power to walk it out. I need strength to serve him with my actions. No one looking around, not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to ask you to put your hand up. I want to pray for you. If that's you, put your hand up to me right now. Pastor, I need strength to take a step. I need strength to walk some things out. Hands across the house. I got my hand up. God, I need strength. We need strength. Holy Spirit, give us strength to serve you. It's not going to be easy, convenient. It's simple. Just do it. But not convenient, not easy, not careful. It's not going to be... Lord, I pray that you would right now supernaturally infuse Holy Spirit and, and the fact that we're together in this. We're not isolated or alone in this. We're together and raised in this together. There's strength in that, God. So I pray, just send strength from heaven today for us to take the next step so that we can be cleansed and whole as we walk it out this year. Just for another second, if you're here and you'd say, Jamie, I, I, I need Jesus. I, I can't walk it out because I've never walked to him. And here's the thing, you have to walk to him in order to walk with him. And maybe this is your year to actually walk with him and surrender your life to him. The Bible says this simply, if you would give your life to Jesus, not church, rules, religion, none of that, if you'd give your life to Jesus, you don't, you don't serve God to achieve his love, you receive his love. And so if you need to receive his love today and be forgiven of sin and shame removed and guilt removed and you you just know you need a fresh start with God come on Jesus died on a cross to take your place and give you life the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 17 if you would surrender to Jesus as your Lord you get a fresh start with God it's as simple as that come on God bless you sir you already have your hand up come on anybody in here on three I'm going to count to three if you need a fresh start this morning to actually walk to Jesus so you can walk it out with God this year put your hand up to me on three one two, three. I need a fresh start with God. Come on. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young lady. Anybody else? Put it up high so I can pray for you. I need a fresh start. God bless you, sir. God bless you, young lady. Come on, church. Pray. There's people saying yes to walking it out with heaven, walking it out with Jesus. God bless you, sir. Father, thank you for your heart. I'm going to pray a prayer. If you put your hand up, just open your heart up to this prayer right now. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for our sins and our shame and our guilt and removing all of it. Thank you. I pray that you have removed a heart of stone and you said you've given us a heart of flesh as we believe on you, Jesus. You removed all of our sin. You've paid the price. We surrender right now. And we walk to you so we can walk with you. We give you the rest of our life in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, Jesus. Amen. 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 What an awesome morning. Come on. Let's celebrate people saying yes to Jesus.